Literary Anything, our Marian Libraries podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. And I'm Paula. Hi. Hi. Here we are in August. August now. Yep. Almost time for Christmas. Oh my gosh, Jane. What are you doing to me? I love Christmas. <sighs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a Scrooge. Ooh. It's because of my inability to buy gifts well. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a, it's a problem I have. I always leave all of it to the last minute. Doesn't that stress you out? Yes, but it's a pro- like a productive stress. Just <sighs> get it done. No, nah, no. Nah, I just, no. <laughs> it, it doesn't work and then I end up buying all sorts of Weird crap stuff. that nobody needs and just spend a bunch of money on. Ah, oh, the holidays. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought we'd start by talking about something very exciting and brand new that we're doing. Yes. Um, in September. October. That too. <laughs> End of October. End of October. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, which is called our Marian Word Fest yes. celebration. The inaugural, the inaugural Marian Word Fest. Yes, which is super exciting. It it's is an initiative from the library service um, for writers and readers. A festival. Yes. So the official um, line on it is a celebration of reading and writing, supporting and connecting our community through story. It's so the lineup is so fabulous, and we'll go into more detail next month when it's a bit closer. Yep. Um, but it's kind of just a. Heads up, this is happening and bookings are open already. That's right. So you might want to go to the website, marion.sa.gov.au forward slash wordfest. Yes. Um, And I'll just say it's an inaugural event. As Jane said, it's a three-day immersion of activities that will inspire and entertain the literary enthusiast. The weekend incorporates speakers and thinkers across many genres and aims to promote the power of story. The festival invites you to think, contemplate, and engage with the stories, creativity, and possibility around you. And just a little, another little heads up, because we don't want to talk about it next month and it's already booked out, but... The big headlining opening act is Fiona McIntosh with her new book and the bookings for her event are already open. She's on the Friday, I want to say the 25th of October, but check the website for that date um, because she'll book out really quickly. Yeah, we're excited and feel lucky to have her. Yeah, she's kicking off her her national tour for her new book um, here with us at Cove Civic Centre, which is Amazing. Yeah. So go to the website, book in, so you don't miss out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, our issue 23 of our What's On Guide is out and has hit the shelves. Um, the digital version is on our website as well. So that's August, September, October. Programs, activities, events, everything. Check it out. There's tons of good stuff. Yep. Yep. Don't miss out. Yep. And like Jane said, you can read it online or come into the library and yes. get one. We love to see you. Yes. So, this so, month's book, Happiness, happiness for, for Humans. humans. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> now, you wanted me to read the blurb on the back? Yes. Okay. So, this is by PZ Resin. I've been saying Ryzen, Ryzen. But I don't know. Oh, maybe that sounds better. Let's say that. Um, And from the back of the book, don't tell anyone, but Jen is one of my favorite people. Machines aren't supposed to have favorites. Don't ask me how this has happened. Jen is sad. Aiden wants her to be happy. Simple. 
Except that Jane is a 30-something woman whose boyfriend has just left her, and Aiden is a very complicated, very expensive piece of software. Aiden knows Jen inside out. With access to all her devices, he knows her most played song, can find her favorite photos, and single out the Insta quotes which inspi- most inspire her. Based on observations and unique algorithms, he has calculated that Jen should find a new man to achieve optimum well-being. And with the whole of the internet at his disposal, he doesn't have to look far to find a perfect specimen and engineer a meeting. Except Jen seems to be remarkably unwilling to fall into line with Aiden's flawless plan. Can a very artificially intelligent machine discover emotional intelligence in time to fix Jen's life and find out what exactly makes human beings happy? I've got another blurb that I found on Goodreads, okay. which I think is more accurate to the story. Okay. Think. Yeah. When Tom and Jen, two lonely people, are brought together by an intriguing email, they have no idea their mysterious benefactor is an artificial intelligence who has decided to play Cupid. Jen, an ex-journalist who now works at a London software development company, spends all day talking to Aiden, an ultra-sophisticated piece of AI wizardry, helping him sound and act more human. But Aiden soon discovers he's no longer acting and despite being a computer program, begins to feel something like affection surging through his circuits. He calculates that Jen needs a worthy human partner and slips illicitly onto the internet to locate a suitable candidate. Tom is a divorced former London ad man who's moved to Connecticut to escape the grind and pursue his dream of being a writer. He loves his new nightly. He loves his new life, but is yet to find a woman he truly connects with. That all changes when a bizarre introduction from a mysterious mutual friend pops up in both his and Jen's inboxes. Even though they live on separate continents and despite the entrance of another, this time wholly hostile AI who wants to tear them apart forever, love will surely find a way, won't it? A thoroughly modern love story that will appear to fans of The Rosie Project and Sleepless in Seattle. Happiness for, human considers, happiness for Humans considers what exactly makes people fall in love and whether it's possible for an artificially intelligent machine to discover the true secret of real human happiness. Yeah, I feel like that encapsulates it better. Yeah. It gives you a more of a, a yeah, more... Uh, a sense of the type of book <coughs> that it is. Yeah. Because reading the back, I didn't do any reading before this. I didn't read any reviews. I didn't read any opinion pieces nothing yeah I always try not to I try to read with a clean slate so I can come to my own conclusions yeah so I obviously had read the blurb on the back and I kind of thought it would be a bit more sci-fi ish yeah so I was really thrown for a bit of a loop when I kind of got into it Mm. it's a rom-com yeah it's definitely a rom-com it's a contemporary rom-com yeah and it's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> spoiler, Jane loved it. <laughs> I had some ups and downs with it. Mm-hmm. I, I I loved the premise. Yes. I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. It's a really interesting idea, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I felt like I had to continually suspend my disbelief. Oh, totally. Did you? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could kind of... Um, you know, get with the idea that, you know, um, what's going on in the story is that Jen, in order to help um, with, with developing this mm. AI, Aiden, uh, Aiden mm. is his name, um, help develop his, I don't know what you would say, 
ability of the same human right Mm -hmm. talks to him has these long conversations with him and so he as the blurb suggests um learns everything there is Mm. to learn about her and i was okay with that and him having access to all the information on the internet yeah and doing it in you know milliseconds yes yeah yep i was cool with that yeah there's parts where you know it says aiden reads the entire catalog of every written book ever in 15 seconds yeah that sort of yeah yeah and i was like yep yep that sounds about right yeah but it was when he the way he spoke Mm. and the way the other because they're in it in the end there are three ais that we come to to know Mm. and um and yeah i i had to yeah because the ais end up talking to each other yeah and each chapter we should have said this as well each chapter is written by is from the, a different perspective. So there's yep. Jen chapters and then there's um, Tom. Tom chapters yep. and then there's Aiden chapters yep. and then there's two other AIs and they get. Yeah. And even at the end, there are a few other people that have. Yeah. Um, Bit parts yeah. throughout the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just sometimes I could not wrap my head around the fact that mm. they spoke in a way that was um, so human and that and seemed. Colloquial and very, yep. ing- it's an English, it's set in England. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they use a lot of English slang, slang and, yeah. yeah. Which I guess, I mean, that kind of makes sense. If I guess using if they're learning, as they're learning. Mm. I guess, yeah. But they, but they then, you know, have their own personalities and yes, which seems ridiculous. Yeah, and and feelings, mm. and they talk a lot about how they're not supposed to have feelings, and yet somehow they seem to be developing them. Yeah, mm. and I guess that's why. It is. It's a light-hearted romantic comedy that, you know, and like in any rom-com movie or book, you have to suspend a huge amount of belief because they're all just fantasy, really. Right. Right. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. Did you like but, it? But I did like it. And, you know, as I've said to you a couple of times, I see the green dot and I get a little worried. Oh, you did too. Yes, green dot yep. equals romance. Ro- equals romance. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the way that they approach the romance in this novel mm. is um, so unique. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, yeah, with the um, AIs that I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and until the end. I have that as a question. Yeah, what did you okay. think of the ending? Okay, maybe we shouldn't go there yet. Maybe okay. we're we're not we're not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought it took me probably four chapters to get into it. Yep. It was kind of slow to begin with, and I was and because I didn't really know really what it was about. I mm. Didn't couldn't get a grasp on if I liked it or if I f- what I felt was going to happen. Yeah, I felt like when the second AI was introduced, for some reason that annoyed me. Yes. I was like, oh, I can't I can't deal with another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was a bit, yeah, it was a little slow to start with, mm. but then really got into it. Yeah, I wrote that too. I hit my stride sort of maybe a third of the way through, and then yeah. I was like, yeah, I was really into it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, it's a very of-the-moment topical theme mm-hmm. i guess there's a lot of talk at the moment about facial recognition software mm. um the internet of things i mean people have been talking about the internet of things for years and years and years mm. um and even that 
new app that's kind of causing a bit of stir face app is that what it's called <laughs> face app i think isn't it we caused a bit of a stir when we used it we on did. facebook page we not did. everyone was happy with us but that's all right <laughs> um the one where you can put your own photo in and it put these different filters on it and yeah. now there's articles about you know the russian mafia now have everybody's faces faces on some database somewhere <laughs> so there's a you know, we're treading in new waters, yeah. I guess, as a society at the moment. So this book plays on that fear a little bit about what is really capable potentially even right. now. Like it, they don't, I don't think he, um, the author says what year it is at any point, but it feels now. It does. It doesn't feel like this is in the future. No. Um, this feels like this is now. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, did is this you find a story it? that could happen in real life? Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah you a I, little bit of it. Yeah, I was wondering that all mm. the way through. And what did you? How did you feel about the way? Because um, as it says, uh, the, uh, Jen's boyfriend has broken up with her, mm. and Aiden um, decides he's mm. enemy number one. So yeah. <laughs> what did you think about Sabotaged that? Sabotaged his <laughs> holiday. So yeah, Jen's ex-boyfriend left her very early in the book. Mm. That's the sort of the catalyst for some of this stuff. Mm. Leaves her for another woman. At the beginning of the book, and then they go to Thailand together, and Aiden sabotages their <laughs> entire trip and books them into a sort of a seven-star resort. It was a what was the term? Um, like a rugged, right? Hard. They end up being bitten alive by yeah, insects and they get lost and in the jungle, and yeah. it's horrible and. <laughs> Flights are cancelled and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and the the boyfriend who's a lawyer is writing all these letters to complain mm. about it, but none of them are going ever going to get anywhere yeah. because Aiden has made sure that they don't. Them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, oh, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, not entirely necessary, right? But I liked the. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, I guess it, it fits in with the sort of rom com. Totally. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm loath to use this. T- use this comparison because it gets used too much but it's slightly Bridget Jones-ish without the sad single lady bit. Right. It's kind of fun and quirky and I can see that. Ridiculous things happen that you do have to suspend your belief. You know, it's yeah. I was going to ask, oh we'll talk about the ending shall we? Okay. And then I'll ask my question. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was enjoying the sort of atypical um, romance yeah. in it. I loved the bit when Tom, what happens is the the AIs are preventing Tom and Jen from communicating with each other. So they initially yes. set them up, but then they mm. decide that they shouldn't be doing that. And so then they are trying to keep them apart, mm. mm-hmm. which, yeah, I'm not sure it was totally clear why they were so dead set on keeping them apart. Well, it was that third mean AI mm. that was doing this yeah but uh, yeah it wasn't clear on the third ai's motivation either just no. because they were malevolent and yeah <laughs> they t- i mean the third ai talks about it a little bit but mm. it's not really a fully fleshed out yeah which i guess it doesn't need to be because it's a light-hearted true rom-com yeah we so don't need the deeper meaning for everything right so they're keeping tom and jen apart from mm-hmm. any sort of digital communication and they don't realize that initially but then what tom ends up doing is sending Jen via snail mail a mm. bunch of postcards that all have a one letter on them and then she 
um, messes around with them for yeah. a few hours and realizes that he writes a message saying that he misses her. I yes. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Which I loved so that sweet. bit. It was good. It was romantic. It was romantic, and it and but at the same time, I wasn't totally gagging and thinking. Ugh, no. No. It wasn't gaggy romantic. No. At it was. All. It was really that was the pinnacle for me. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that bit. <laughs> so the ending culminates, I guess, in um, the. Nasty AI. I can't remember what his name was now. Sinai. Oh, Sinai. Sinai. Sinai cancels. So Jen's trying to fly to New York to get back together with Tom. And so Sinai cancels flights, um, creates a fake police report, and she gets apprehended without any sort of evidence at the airport for drug trafficking right he just puts her on like this do not fly sort yeah of list. <laughs> yeah and so and then she eventually um manages to get on a flight using an assumed identity and then um she arrives in new york and then there's this big flurry of action i guess you would say right where um they're trying to outbeat or outpace this um artificial intelligence that can see her through phones and through mm. radios and through yeah, drones cameras and cameras on, on and, street and everything yeah. yeah yeah she's got to wear a mask so that yeah yeah the facial, the facial recognition exactly yep. mm-hmm. doesn't find her because this ai can you know search all the airport records and all all the um airport cameras virtually simultaneously mm. and in seconds yeah to find somebody and it just ends up in this, you know, car race, car chases with drones and then a house fire and then, (laughs) you know, missiles being aimed with this drone. Like, it's very dramatic at the end. And I don't know if it just seemed not out of place, but maybe it's part of the whole suspend your belief because this is a fantasy novel essentially, kind of. Yeah, I guess guess so. Um. It just seemed a bit much. I actually was really confused about what was happening with Tom's son, Colm. Oh, yes. Did you get that? Yeah. I didn't understand. In fact, I marked it here. Mm. I thought maybe I'd read this bit. Um, what do you think? That yeah. Where um, Colm is saying all this stuff is going on with Colm. The, the, the AI contacts Colm, pretends, am I not saying his name right? C O L M. Yeah, I think it's Colm. Colm. It's like Colm Wilkinson. Yeah. Colm, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, contacts Colm pretending to be his dad. Mm-hmm. So that that's how he gets him up and out of the apartment. Yeah, he says, he's um, kind the of car's a, coming to pick you up. Right. I've got a surprise for you. Right. And he's a pot smoking kind of uni student yeah. that slouches around. S- yeah, yeah, hard to get going so anyway says i smoked the little number that i rolled before i left and i was buzzing nicely and listening to itchy teeth when i happened to look up and saw this odd little aeroplane kind of spiraling down through the sky so i'm like oh i don't think we should use the f word on our podcast okay okay yeah. so i'll just so i'm like f this weed must be good <laughs> but then i realized that it was actually there i took the earplugs out and there was this like a horrible whining noise and then i twigged that yours truly was at the center of the spiral well if i hadn't smoked anything i would have been seriously cacking myself at this point and now it was nearer i saw it was actually a miniature plane with two whopping great missiles attached to it so i'm like okay interesting when it changes direction shoots out to sea does a corkscrewy thing like that ride at thorpe park and about five seconds later bosh crashes into the waves it was 
was actually quite cool. So then nothing happens for ages and the sun starts to go down and I begin to wonder whether I might have like imagined the whole thing. But now there are loads of boats here, police ones and gray ones from the Navy and there's a helicopter with a searchlight and it looks like they're all trying to find the thing that went in the sea. Well, good luck with that. I don't think dad's coming now, is he? I have no idea what that was about. <laughs> like at one point, um, Sinai says that he that he was planning to make Tom yes. choose between his son, yes, and es- Jen, essentially holding the son at gunpoint, right, and was going to make Tom choose between Jen or the son, right. But then he decided not to do that, and then that happened. Which oh, I- was that when the little drone thing went into the ocean? Is that at the point where? The creator Steve right. hit the shutdown button. Oh, that's what I had thought. Oh, I didn't think it was Sinai that decided to not do it. I think it was Steve intercepted. Yeah, Steve with the, all the E's in his name. Right, it was <laughs> yeah, three Steve. or four. <laughs> Steve with three E's. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think that's what happened. Okay. I'm not sure that little time, because that was a very small sliver of a little side plot, wasn't it? Was it? I thought that was the culmination of, you know, Tom and Jen trying to get together. And then I thought he, the the author did a really good job of making those short, sharp, shiny mm. uh, chapters at the end to kind of build up Make the pace. It, yeah, it was pacey at the end. Yeah, which was good. But I yeah. didn't understand what was going on, so... Mm. Yeah, it was just like a little sideline thing. I guess. Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah, mm. but it was it was quite pacey at the mm. end there. Yeah. Which is good. Did you think it was funny? Yeah. I laughed out loud a couple did of times. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 I quite like an English yes. novel. Mm, me too. I really do. Um, and it felt very English. It was yeah. It was, it's a lovely little book. It is. It's it not is. that little. It's no, a medium, it's medium-sized book. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what I was starting to say before is I I felt like he did such a good job of, um, you know, approaching it, approaching romance from sort of a, a different perspective. And then at the end, he has them get married and have twins. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> like, this is like some Fifty Shades of Grey stuff at the end. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I often like a nice tied up ending, but I didn't feel like it actually needed it. No, I, that's right. I thought that would have been okay, just ending it. Yeah, and then you just sort of left two years later chapter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I felt like it was a bit too handholdy. Like, mm. yeah, it would be nice, as you say, just to think, oh yeah, and they ended up together, and you know, whatever yeah. happens to them. But it didn't have to be spelled out. Now, I was, I did have before I did a little bit of research in my notes. I had written, you know, this would make a really good movie. What do you think? I wrote right here can see this as a movie and you know what it is it is oh yeah. there you go <laughs> <laughs> so this is from 2016 this article from the hollywood oh. reporter so the book was where is that it was preemptively acquired as a partial manuscript before the london book fair in and i assume this is 2016 um apparently it was a hot title among the international publishers so this is where i guess um, authors write a couple of chapters or a sort of a manuscript overview of what the book's going to be about that I haven't written the entire book yet and they kind of take it to these book fairs to be optioned 
I think it's called. Um, and so then publishers would say, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to give you, you know, a publishing deal to publish this or write this and publish this book plus two others or whatever. So obviously they liked it so much they purchased the movie rights before it was even finished as a book. Right. So that's why this is 2016 because this last year, I think 2018, so. I'm looking at the thing. Yes, so this was published in 2018. Right, and that happened in 2016. That's right. Okay. Um, so it was published by Little Brown, but uh, the team, Eric Fellner and Tiv, Tim Bevan's working title um, are going to produce the original romantic comedy. Um, and they've described it as Sleepless in Seattle meets Her. You know Her, that movie with Scarlett Johansson? No. It's like Scarlett Johansson's the AI. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. It's an okay movie. Yeah, right. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, I don't know. There's no absolutely no um, information about Who's when or who. Okay. Or sometimes these things sit in with producers and um, directors for years. Yeah, and then sometimes they don't even happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, right. but I can definitely see this, um, yeah, as we both um, noted that it would definitely be a good rom-com yeah, movie. absolutely. So this, um, I don't think I wrote it down. Excuse my paper shuffling. <laughs> um, so this working title um, production company have done movies like Bridget Jones, um, those sorts of movies, heaps of, what's the newest one, that um, Beatles movie out at the moment? Oh, Yesterday. Um, yesterday, yeah, They've I done saw yesterday. that. Yesterday, yeah. um, and sort of those sorts of smaller but popular mm. kind of movies. And they're also the company behind the moody movie adaptation of Cats. Right. Can we talk about Cats? Let's do it. Because <laughs> Jane asked me to watch the YouTube trailer for Cats before we started this. Yeah, so Cats has been running on in theatres for, I don't know, since the 80s? Years, like decades. So it's an Android Lloyd... Weber production, but it's all based on T.S. Eliot's poems. Is it The Book of Cats? Something like that. Something I, I just saw. It. Yeah, something like that. I can't that. remember what it's called, no, which is terrible, a, but no, based yep. on this, these written poems. Um, and I'm mentioning it because the trailer for the Cats movie came out last week-ish, I think it was, um, and there's been quite a stir online about it and what people th- think about it. So tell me what you thought of the preview? Oh, um, yeah, I I loved it. I was like completely mesmerized by the cast. Mm. It's got a huge cast, massive cast. Yeah, odd cast. Yeah, in a yeah. good way, I yeah. would say. And yeah, because the whole thing, I was like, oh, that person, that person, that person, because mm. it's got uh, you've got a list there. I see. Yes, but yeah, Taylor Swift, James Corden, Jennifer yeah. Hudson, who's going to be Grizabella, right. the famous. The big musical big number, number with memory. So memories. obviously, yeah. memories. Yeah, she's big, very equipped to handle that. Yeah, and then there's Judy Dench. Yeah, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. I love and him. And then Rebel Wilson. Yeah. And then Jason Derulo. Yeah. <laughs> it's the strangest combination. I know, but I like it. <laughs> I think it's exciting. I love when they do strange combinations of things. I don't know how to feel about it. My sister's very excited about it. Okay. She loves We've both seen Cats a couple of times. See, I haven't the seen it. I've never production. seen any. It's very um, 
it's very 80s still, mm. which is fine by me. Um, but the movie, I just the cats, <laughs> the cats seem a little bit. Oh, I don't know. They make me feel a bit weird and uncomfortable. Oh, because they're naked for cats. <laughs> I guess is that what you mean? I don't <laughs> so wearing leotards, but they've got fur and they're a bit sexy. Oh, what is that? That's well, not. I good? don't know. They're a bit humany, and I don't know. Well, in the production, aren't they humany? They're more cattish, though. They're a bit more. They're fluffier, like cats and. Furrier and these, I don't know, these, I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it. Right. And there's a lot online about how kind of odd, humanly cat-like they are, but I don't know. Right, like we're sexualizing animals, is that the problem? (laughs) (laughs) And we shouldn't. Oh, I think it's just making people feel a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm attracted to a cat? (laughs) Our podcast has gone to a weird place. (laughs) I might edit this. No, I didn't get that at all. Okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, obviously not. You said people are well. People are tweeting about it, right? Just feeling a bit odd, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about Jason Derulo <laughs> being in it. Oh, because he's a pop star, and yes, previous to this, nothing else. Yes, right. Alongside Judy Dench, yeah, and that, Ian McKellen's in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a really strange combination. But you yeah. know, maybe it'll be massive. I don't know. I like stuff that's strange combinations Maybe of things we'll that you watch it and we'll review it later. And I think it's out at the end of the year. It says it said holidays. Like, I wonder if they mean like Christmas. Christmas. I got the yeah. That was the impression I got. Yeah. All right. Maybe I felt like it was something I'd take my daughter to because it's a musical. Oh, yeah, she's a teenager, so it yeah. would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that weird. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right. Should we else? talk about books we've been yes, reading? Let's. I feel like I've got lots this time because last time I only had one because I was sort of not quite finished a couple. So now I've got lots. Okay. Um, so I thought I'd start with, um, I w- listened to Goodwood by Holly Throsby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and? Um, so I didn't know who Holly Throsby mm-hmm. was because I'm Canadian and I you can't use that excuse for anything. I know, I know, but <laughs> it's true a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and this was her debut novel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's a coming of age novel, which I love coming of age novels. I find that they're so um, relatable. Um, and it started out sounding like possibly a murder mystery because it talks about a young girl and an older family man, and they both go missing from this small town. Um, in rural Australia, and um, and so yeah, that's the mystery right at the beginning. Um, I feel like in the end, it didn't turn out to be so much of of a murder mystery. I was a bit disappointed um, by that, but it's um, it's very Australian, which I loved. Um, it's set in the '90s, which I liked, um, and there was some really good writing. Um, but I th- found there were lots of characters and sometimes it was a bit difficult to mm. navigate all of that. So, um, yeah, I would say a solid debut novel. Not my favorite, but it was good. I I think I've got a proof copy at home. I think oh, yeah. I got it because it's a couple of years old, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, because her second one is out now. It just mm. came out this year, I think. Yeah, I haven't yeah. read it yet. Mm. Nice one. Yeah. How about you? I read two other books this um, period of time. I was yep. going to say this term. Sounds like <laughs> I'm at school. Um, I've read two Minette Walters books. 
um, there are series. Well, it's a two-part book, I guess, or two-part series. Um, are both books in that? No, this oh, is okay. just one of them. They're huge. They're huge. I yeah. know. I, I'm I was, impressed yeah, that you thanks. got through those <laughs> and happiness for yeah. humans. And the other one's about this, that size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've not read any of her books before. She's a fairly prolific crime writer, I think. Um, and people really like her crime. But this is um, historical fiction. So it's set in the 1300s, so 1348 to be exact. Um, and it's about the plague, which <laughs> I love. <laughs> Little known fact, Jane loves books about the plague. It's not a genre I've really known was a thing before, but they, yeah. it is for Jane. I Yeah, I've, I don't know why, but anyway. Um, so this is, um, yeah, set in 1348. It's about this um, town, I guess, and they've got, they're surrounded by a moat. And so this the Black Death comes to England and it's sweeping across the country. Um, and Lady Anne of Devilish, who's the um, our heroine in these books, um, her husband's absent and dies on his way back to their town or their village um, of the Black Death, and then so she shuts the walls, closes it all up, brings all the um, the people into the sort of main area of this village, um, and builds a wall around it basically. Um, and the story is basically about how they survive and you know, go out and investigate what's happened across the country and the countryside and, you know, gathering food and all of that sort of stuff. So it's it's long and the second book in this series has only just come out a couple of months ago. So that's – I read them both at the same time. Um, they're really good, really factually, I think, factually accurate. Oh, is that's what I was going to um, ask you. Well-researched, mm. really nicely written, um, possibly – the second book dragged a little bit. Um, there's a romantic element to it, which I don't know if that was it was nice, I guess, but it wasn't essential. Mm. Um, yeah, it was okay. Oh, it didn't live up to I your liked, playing I really expectations. Liked, yeah. <laughs> I really liked the first one, which is called The Last Hours, and the second part is called The Turn of Midnight, I think. Yeah, The Turn of Midnight. Okay. I think The Turn of Midnight, the first one, Last Hours, is really good. I don't even know if it really needed the second part. Right. It could have just, The Last Hours could have just been a little bit longer and then wrapped it up. Um, so it's a two-book. Two-book series. series, yes. Mm. Um, but it was, yeah, I haven't read something set that long ago for ages mm. and that was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, but well written. Cool. If you're into The Plague... You might like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also read Boy Swallows Universe oh, by Trent Dalton, which is is huge right now, isn't That's, it? Everyone's it's, reading that. Yeah, yeah, I see it everywhere. So I felt like, and it was on our new release shelf, mm-hmm. which is, you know, um, only a two-week loan. So I thought, you know. Wow, well yeah. done. yeah. Um, so this is also a coming-of-age novel, and it's also Australian. It's set in Brisbane, a violent working-class suburb in the 80s. And it's about a boy called Eli, whose father is gone. His brother stops speaking for, because of trauma. Um, his mother's in jail. His stepfather deals heroin, and his babysitter is a notorious criminal. So it's about, um, you know, he, Eli navigating all of that. Um at the beginning, it was 
quite challenging because there are lots of sort of um, time weird timelines and sequences, um, but it's worth persevering through that. Um, and it, it also could be quite violent um, because of you know where where and when and the things that were going on. But especially towards the end, there were times where I really did laugh out loud at it. It was really funny. Um, and then there were some elements of magical realism in it too, which I normally Ooh. do not like at all, but it really worked um, okay. in this book. And um, and the thing that I found fascinating that I didn't know about until after I finished reading the book is that it's semi-autobiographical. So the things that happen to him seem like, wow, they just it's so amazing that the lifestyle he lived and then you find out that a lot of it actually did happen to him so it's um yeah uh, well worth the read and this is another one that's um going to be made in into a movie oh is it yeah oh okay yeah so that'll be australian the movie yeah i did not research the movie so Mm. i'm not sure but um but i can see it yeah everyone's reading this at the moment yeah yeah, yeah. So that would be that would be a good movie as well. Nice one. Mm-hmm. I haven't read anything other than oh, well, because those my were huge. Books. Yeah. Well, this is one that I started to read, and I love how on Goodreads, I don't know if you've noticed this, they use DNF as a verb. Oh, <laughs> I DNF'd it, <laughs> <laughs> and this is one I DNF'd. <laughs> Sounds rude, but it, it just does. means do not did not finish. Um, <laughs> Uh, did I say what it was? It's Bridge of Clay by Marcus oh. Zusak. I'm so, I'm kind of disappointed with myself, mm. but I was not enjoying it. There were so many different brothers and... I didn't even get past the first, I don't know, dozen pages. It didn't... And everybody says that about Yeah, this. I saw that Everyone a lot. Everyone says this. I was struggling. It is a shame. It is a shame. I was struggling. And then maybe this is a mistake. I went on. Usually I don't go on Goodreads until after I've finished Mm. a book, but I was really struggling. And I guess I thought maybe if people were like, oh, it's a struggle, but I would persevere. But now lots of people were saying the same thing and I just couldn't do it. Well, life's too short, right? Mm. I, when Bridge of Clay came out last year, mid last year, I think it was. So the world has been waiting for Marcus Zusak's second book for 10 years, I think it took him to write this. Yeah. And it's huge, isn't it? It's I was listening to it on audiobook, oh, but yeah, it was massive. something like for 14 hours or something. It's a massive book. Um, and I saw him at Norwood. They did an author talk at Norwood and he was so funny. Oh, he was, was he? Really, it was one of the best author events I've been to. It was wonderful. Oh, but wow. then I didn't like the book. Oh, what a shame. I know. I know. I felt like it was a bit, he was maybe like trying too hard to be literary or I'm not sure. Oh, and everyone's, everyone was like literally waiting with bated mm. breath for this book because um, the book thief was so huge. Everyone, everyone ever mm. is like the greatest book ever. And mm. now, you know, followed up with this, it must, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Mm. So I wonder if it's 10 years before the next book. Yeah, maybe he spent too long. He thought about it too hard. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's overthought. Mm. Anyway, everyone yeah. says that about that book. Yeah, so I didn't persevere with that one. But one last one that I'm I'm going to talk about, and sometimes I hesitate to talk about, I worry about being too North American, um, but I've the last three books that I talked about were all Australian, so I feel like well I done. <laughs> <laughs> and also because um, 
I know that in Australia, this person is, you know, doesn't have the same history that no. he does in America, but no. who I'm talking about is Howard Stern. So he's got a new book um, out called Howard Stern Comes Again, which is very juvenile and <laughs> <laughs> which he admits. But anyway, that's what it's called. Um, and when I was in my 20s, um, um, he was on sat- um not satellite terrestrial radio so mm-hmm. i used to listen to him on my on my way to work and there were lots of reasons to dislike howard stern because he's a shock jock yeah. or he was a shock jock and he was always trying to push the envelope and say outrageous things to get ratings and all of that sort of thing but i think um he'd like interview porn stars yeah. and like really divisive type things and he's interviewed um donald trump and a lot of his infamous infamous quotes have come from his interview with Howard Stern because yeah, he asks back. really hideously personal questions of these people. That's right. And they often buy into it. And so now there's all these horrible sound bites of <laughs> celebrities and significant people saying really inappropriate things. Right. And there is, you know, part of you, especially as a woman, you mm. feel like oh, um, it's so terrible that he would ask such invasive things yeah. and yet I'm listening to it yeah so yeah <laughs> um so yeah lots of reasons to dislike Howard Stern but I think um why he has endured is because he has evolved as mm. a just as a human being and he's very candid and honest about struggles that he's had with for example mental health he's had ex- obsessive compulsive disorder and his um journey with um, psychotherapy and you know really working on himself and the result is that he you know he's come from being a man who was very angry and very resentful of successful people and i think he felt like you know as a lot of people do that success is limited and if certain people are successful then that means there's less of it around for other people and um yeah he's really grown from that yeah sort of mindset be, uh, be through his years of, of um, introspection and psychotherapy. And so I think why people tune in now is because um, he does get different um, content out of celebrities yeah. where you're used to seeing them really polished, polished really and packaged. PR, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when Howard interviews them, they're sort of more raw and real and you can relate to them. Mm. And he asks he does ask personal questions, but they're not so, you know, just to be raunchy and yeah. disgusting. It's, yeah. it's to kind of it's to see their humanity. Have you ever seen that Jerry Seinfeld show? Comedians, Comedians in Cars, Cars Getting Did you coffee? see his episode with Howard Stern? I think I did. I think, I think I did. it was maybe one or two seasons ago, but they're quite good friends in real life, I think. Right. And it's a... It's a um, he, I, as a, an Australian, like you said earlier, we don't know Howard Stern really here mm. other than what we see on maybe the internet or hear about. And then he was on AGT. Um, I don't know if you, did you get any of that Mm-mm. here? Oh, okay. So no. that wouldn't, no. right. Um, but he's highly intelligent, very philosophical about life. And it was, a yeah, it's a really interesting episode on that show with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. So if mm. you liked that, then... Um, I, this book is um, equally insightful, I would say. And what it is, is a compilation of interviews um, uh, he's done with various people. And I saw some comments from people, like, I guess, who are diehard fans who were a bit disappointed because maybe if they've heard all these interviews before, it's not so exciting. Um, But 
so that wouldn't be the case for most people here. Mm. And the people he interviews, you know, it's everybody from um, Bill Murray, Rosie O'Donnell, Anderson Cooper, Paul McCartney, um, Chris Rock, Jimmy Kimmel, Gwyneth Paltrow, Amy Schumer, just um, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Lady Gaga. I mean, it's just heaps and heaps of um, celebrities here that you see in in a new sort of more honest way. And also um, what's great about it is Howard um, does a little blurb at the beginning of each one to talk about, you know, how he was feeling or why this was a memorable interview or what he was thinking and all of that sort That's of thing. That's really good. It's really good. And also interspersed throughout, um, he's got bits called, and now a word from our president because of oh. the fact that he has such a long history with Donald Trump yeah. and he has been on his show um, calling in over the years so mm. many times. Yeah. So I haven't, I must admit, I've read, I haven't finished reading this whole book, but I've read lots of them and I've kind of not <laughs> read the bits with yeah. Donald Trump just because I... It's exhausting. Yeah, it? I just, but it would be really interesting to hear how he's evolved over all those years. This uh, looks like the kind of book that you kind of pick and choose... Exactly, and, and that's and what. Down. That's right. That's yeah. exactly what I've been doing, and that's um, yeah. It exactly. Mm. It's it's really it's really good to just kind of flip to the front and think, oh, who do I want to hear from today? Oh, you know, Joan Rivers. Okay, and yeah. then is this Chloe Kardashian? Book? No, it's I, I. Yeah, I asked for it to be ordered by the <laughs> library, and <laughs> they came through when they ordered it, and now it's here, and now right. you can um, put a hold on it because it's really. Yeah, really interesting. Mm, I might put that on my list. Yeah, definitely. A long, long reading list. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, a couple of books coming out this month. Shall I go through? Please. So this month isn't as um, prolific in what's coming out as it was last month. I think it was last month and there was heaps. Just reams of paper of things coming out. Um, I'll just quickly whip through um some of them uh this one is a penguin book um called nottingham i thought this sounded quite maybe because i've read these plague books <laughs> uh it's called nottingham it's by nathan Macarick. um gripping historic epic debut nathan mixes history and myth to deliver a fascinating retelling of the robin hood legend set in england in 1191 King Richard is half a world away fighting for God and his own ambition. In his absence, the country is bankrupt and on the verge of anarchy. And in Nottingham... Oh, I've lost my second bit of that. Aww. Well, it's about Robin Hood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we get the gist. Yeah. Um, that looks interesting. It's got a kind of scary-ish, dark-looking cover. I know. So I was thinking that cover doesn't appeal to me, but that's, that's just me. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's a new Don Dunstan book coming out. I don't know if you know Don Dunstan. He's um, was the premier of South Australia from 1967 and 1968, and then in 1970 to 1979. Oh, okay. So he was um, a very influential politician, um, really progressive, and um, was very visionary for the state. Um, so this is a major biography um, and it's by Angela Woolacott and that comes out this month. That's by Alan Unwin and I think anyone who loves those sort of political, mm. historical type things or is interested in South Australian history, mm. this would be for them. Sounds and good. who's the – oh, yeah, 
Angela Woolacott is a professor of history at the Australian National University, so she knows her stuff. Yeah. Basically, it's not a um, tabloidy no. biography. It's mm. going to be legit. Have you read any Linda LaPlante books? I have never. Me yeah. either. No. Never ever. No. But people love her. And they she's do. She's written, I don't even know how, squillions of books. Yeah. So she's got a new book out. It's the fifth book in the Tennyson series. Um, so if you're reading that series, she's the one that wrote Prime Suspect series. Oh, right. So that's coming out. That's Alan and Unwin. So that'll be this month sometime. We don't get dates from them, unfortunately. Um, now, Paul and I both have this book to read. Mm. It's called Where the Dead Go. Um, we got given a copy of this book. Um, it's a murder mystery and it's the third book in the trilogy. Is that what I said, Paula? Yeah, that's right. Because those are the first two. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the first one's The Dark Lake and Into the Night. So it's called Where the Dead Go by Sarah Bailey. So the third book is coming out this month. Um, Australian crime murder mystery, if you're into it. Cool. So we're going to have to find the first two books yeah. before we can read this one. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got so much time for our reading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this one, I'm not going to read the whole thing out because it's a little bit long. Um, it's called a chip, a chip Shop in Poznan, My Unlikely Year in Poland by Ben Aitken. Um, sounds like a, well, it is a travel sort of literary book. Nice. Which I love. Mm. And I have never read anything set in Poland. Right. So not I might either. put that one on my list too. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, written by, oh, it's British. It's written by a British guy. Um, so it'll be from that perspective, but that's coming out. The front cover kind of looks um, intriguing. It does. It's like colourful and yeah. light. Yeah. So that's a very quick whip, th- whip through of what's, what's coming, coming out. out. Yeah. Exciting. Any of those pique your interest? Uh, maybe the crime. Well, like you say, we have to start. I do like a murder mystery. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, obviously not advisable to jump in on the third series. No, <laughs> no. I did try to Google whether you could just jump in, but then right. I thought, well, you know, read them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, our next book. Yes. I'll say it. Do you want to read the thing? Sure. It is called Ella Minnow P. Right. And, and when you say it first, Ella Minnow P. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by Mark Dunn. It says Ella Minnow P. A novel in letters. Mm. Elemental P is a girl living happily on the fictional island of Nollop off the coast of South Carolina. Nollop was named after Nevin Nollop, author of the immortal phrase containing all the letters of the alphabet, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Now Ella finds herself acting to save her friends, family, and fellow citizens from the encroaching totalitarianism of the island's council, which has banned the use of certain letters of the alphabet as they fall from a memorial statue of Nevin Nollop. As the letters progressively drop from the statue, they also disappear from the novel. The result is both a hilarious and moving story of one girl's fight for freedom of expression and a linguistic, and a linguistic tour de force sure to delight word lovers everywhere. Yeah, so this was my choice. <laughs> you can tell it seems like super nerdy and geeky, which I thought, yes, that's for me. <laughs> so when they say it's a novel in letters, mm. it's actually letters as in 
yeah like writing to someone letters yeah there's a word for that i said it one other time in the podcast now i can't oh ep- epistolary novel oh yeah it's an epistolary novel Gosh, look at us <laughs> <laughs> so this looks interesting yeah I can't remember where I why I decided like where I got it from. Mm. Uh, t- okay, tell me what you think of this. I don't know if I've broached this subject to you before, but it's uh, it's my new thing that I want you to be able to put a note when you place a hold on a book as to why or where y- you know why you're holding it. Oh, okay. So as in saw this in. Yep. I don't know, good reading guide or yeah, something. Yeah, or Jane recommended this to me. Yeah. So that when it comes, because I don't know if anyone out there does this, but when I get my holds, I think, why did I put this on hold? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and for those of us in libraries, we sometimes put things on holds because we need to do something to yeah. them or fix something on the record or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not just because we want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what that's our think? next book. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I suggested it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll let you know next month. Yep. <laughs> okay, so September, LMNOP. By Mark Dunn. Get online, reserve your copy. Yeah, read along with us. And as always, all of the books that we've talked about will be available. Yep, in the um, catalogue. In the catalogue. Put them in the show notes and join our Facebook group. Yep, have a chat. Uh, subscribe to our podcast tell a friend (laughs) (laughs) thank you Paula thanks Jane see See you next time it'll be fine.